I'm Jen Schrader, and this is Behind the Springs, conversations with the people working for you in Colorado Springs, Olympic City, USA. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Springs. This is an important episode where I'm fortunate to welcome two guests who will talk about the COVID-19 vaccine just now authorized for kids ages 5 to 11. If you know a child this age or you have a child in this age group like I do, you might have some questions. And um, it's my pleasure to introduce Deanne Ryberg, who is the Deputy Director at El Paso County Public Health. Thanks for being with us. Hi, thank you. Um, and we have Dr. Sarah Supporta-Keating, who is the Associate Medical Director of Infection Prevention and Control at Children's Hospital Colorado. She's also Assistant Professor of Pediatrics at the CU School of Medicine. Thanks for your time, too. Thanks for having me. All right. And so, Deanne, let's start with you. Um, give us kind of the basics on this new eligibility, because this is recent news, right? Yes, it's recent news, and it's very exciting news in the COVID response efforts that have gone on now for more than uh, 20 months oh, in our community. You had to give us that number. No, <laughs> yes, no we all it, feel it. We feel it. Yes. Right. It's been, it's been a, a long time that we've all been dealing with COVID, and um, we're very excited about this news that 5 to 11-year-olds will be eligible for vaccine now. This represents a significant milestone for us. Uh, this age group right now in our community is one of the age groups where we're seeing the highest um, case incidence rates in our community, higher than the 12, 12 to 17-year-old age group, higher than the zero to four age group, and combined adults. So this availability for vaccine to protect this age group is coming at an important time for our community. It's also um, helping us in one of the goals for our response in our community, and that's to support in-person education. These Children in this age group represent a group that is in our schools and in our community every day that has yet to have availability for vaccine protection. So all of this is very exciting and in the response to date. And uh, for this age group, uh, the vaccines will be available. They have been approved and authorized for use. The uh, dosage is one third of that of the adults. And it is being made available widely throughout the community through mass vaccination sites in the our community, as well as through providers. So all exciting developments for the community. Okay. And Sarah, let me talk with you just from a pediatrician's point of view. Sure. Um, let's, let's address the hesitancy right up front, because we know there, there is some out there. Uh, many people are, are concerned about the vaccine at any age, but then there are people particularly worried, I think, about it for younger kids and have some specific questions um, like you brought up about dosage. Um, we're hearing it's safe. It's effective. I, I think I've, I'm hearing from a lot of people, but is it necessary? You know, these kids aren't getting as sick and, and why do these children really need it? What can you tell us about risk versus benefit? Yeah, so I think that um, there are a couple of reasons why this particular age group is so important to get vaccinated in addition to the age groups that are already eligible for vaccine. Um, the first is that they're kids, they're people, um, and they deserve to get protected just as much as anybody else in our community. We know that in general, um, the fact that kids um, in this age group in particular and some um, that are younger have been um, shown to be more often asymptomatic, but we do know that we are, we are certainly still hospitalizing some kids within this age group, not only for COVID-19 um, acutely, but also for the sequela. So the 
complications that occur afterwards. So things like MISC, which is the inflammatory syndrome that happens um, in kids after they have COVID. So almost like a long haul type symptom. Yeah, and but we do know turn- that there are some emerging, uh, emerging studies that are showing some long haul symptoms in kids who've had COVID regardless of the, how symptomatic they were. Okay. So really quite important to cover this age group. Um, because in, in addition, as Deanne said, it also gives us that extra um, slice in that Swiss cheese model of preventing infection and allowing people and kids to be at school and not have to get out of school because of exposures and things like that. Um, so really just making life as normal as possible as we can right now is really important, particularly for this age group. And and we hear the, the words emergency authorization, and, and I know this isn't official FDA approval yet, but it's that same emergency authorization that we went through for the other categories of the vaccine. Um, So, uh, you know, how do we know, I know there's a lot of people that would ask, how do we know it's safe? How do we know that there have been, that there has been research done? I don't know who wants to answer that. I'm happy to to start. Okay. Yes. Um, So there are a couple of reasons why um, the, the speed with which it happened is less concerning in, in our world when we kind of know what's happened. So what happens in, in regular vaccine trials is that you have your studies, you have a phase one, phase two, phase three studies um, after many years of just preliminary research. Then after all of that, they submit, uh, the vaccine company will submit their data. It will go through um, a re- review, just like the data that are, are being submitted right now. And then after that, then the manufacturing process starts once it's authorized. What's happened here is that actually all of those things have been happening in parallel. So we haven't had to do all of the, all the prelim research happened. We've done the phase one trials, particularly in this group. Um, they went through and they wanted to make sure they understood which dose was going to be the most efficacious while mm-hmm. still, you know, doing the you know, risk benefit. Um, then the phase two and three trial, which is the exciting news that we have here. Um, and in, during that time, we already know that the COVID vaccine is being manufactured. It was being manufactured in the doses and with the um, right buffers and um, things to keep it stable um, at the same time, which is why it went so fast. Right. And why it's available right now, right after that authorization. And one thing I would add as well is that we also have experience that we're building from as we go into these younger age groups. Uh, more than 11 million 12 to 17-year-olds have received the COVID vaccine already. So as we move into this younger age group, we're building on the knowledge and experience of the older age groups that were eligible sooner to help us and inform the protection that's being offered now to 5 to 11-year-olds. So I hope that that can also provide people with some confidence as they've seen others in the community already receive this vaccine and and learn from that experience as well. That's a good point. And Um, Sarah, can you talk a little bit about dosage? I know that, um, some people may be confused because a lot of times with children, um, you know, medicine is dosed based on weight. So, uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about that and say, what if I have a really big 11 year old and they're almost 12, what do I do then? And, um, there's some questions about, you know, the differing age. A five-year-old's a lot different than an 11-year-old. Yeah, a yeah. five-year-old's different than an 11-year-old who is different than, an, than a 16-year-old, you know, Correct. even from the immune system standpoint, mm-hmm. which is why they went back and did that phase one trial to figure out what dose to use for this particular age group. Um, and the thing to remember in terms of sizing, um, and it's hard to frame it this way, but is there, there were kids included in the study who have um, a, a history of obesity, um, so there were some larger children who might, might fit into that, that group. So I wouldn't necessarily base it solely on the fa- fact on how big a child is or how much they weigh, okay. um, because a lot of these studies are done in, not only from a 
dose to body mass um, re- for a dose, but a dose to body mass reason. They do it because of the immunogenicity. So how well does my immune system work against this particular dose? Kids have very different immune systems they, um, than do teenagers, than do um, adults. adults, which is why the vaccine schedules are slightly different um, for all of those age groups. Okay. Okay. Great point. And then what do you say about folks who say, um, you know, I've got a kid turning 12, say in December, do I wait? Do I consult with my doctor? What's your best advice for those people in that position? Um, So at this point, I think the recommendation is um, we are recommending that patients get the vaccine when they are eligible to get the vaccine. So if you're 11 years old right now, we would get the the vaccine at 11 years old with a 10 microgram dose. Okay. Okay. And along with that, I would just add as well that as we're looking at vaccinating this age group, I understand the parents have concerns and questions, and that's why we also encourage them to reach out to their providers, talk to their pediatricians. There's a lot of information out there, but you're not alone in making the choice about vaccination for your child. So we definitely encourage parents guardians, family members to have those important conversations with their trusted healthcare providers as well. And I know we're not getting to every question here. So where are, you know, I feel like a broken record, but every podcast we've done on COVID, we've talked about how important it is to go to those trusted resources when you're looking at information. And now is no different. Um, You really need to rely on El Paso County Public Health um, ElPasoCountyHealth.org is a great um, resource. Where else, or do you just recommend people consulting with their doctor? I know every every family's different, and every one has different conditions going into this. Well, we certainly encourage people to visit our website, as you okay. mentioned, ElPasoCountyHealth.org. We also encourage them to look at other trusted resources, such as CDC, CDPHE, the State Health Department, Children's Hospital. There are many. Um, Uh, reliable sources of information in the community. So it's not only that direct conversation with your provider, but there's also a tremendous amount of resources out there. We just really encourage people to utilize um, those trusted sources, reliable information to help inform their decisions. You mean not like your cousin on Facebook? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of wonderful (laughs) Even though you love your cousin, right? (laughs) There's lots of wonderful information, lots of input, but uh, really when you're making these important decisions, we want you to have the best information available. And that's why it can be overwhelming. You're getting a lot of opinions from different, different areas and, and it'll probably start up again with this new authorization. So, um, Sarah, you definitely recommend having that conversation with your pediatrician too. Absolutely. Or, and, yeah. you know, everybody has has different questions. So, you know, we right. wouldn't be able to necessarily cover all the questions a particular parent has, but pediatricians are pretty well equipped to, to be able to answer those qu- questions. Um, and then um, there are folks at Children's Colorado, if there are more detailed or um, uh, other questions that are a little bit more challenging to answer, we're always available as well. Right. Or if you don't have an appointment right now and you just want to do some online research, just make sure... They're reliable websites. Uh, Another question that I do have um, is pertaining to flu shots. Is it okay for, I mean, the kids to get both? And is there a certain time that you need to allow? Or I think people are a little bit like, oh gosh, how do I manage if I'm intending to get both vaccines? Yes, get the flu shot. Yes. (laughs) Don't forget about that one. So so they can be administered at the same time. Um, There's not necessarily a time frame where where you have to keep them spaced apart. Okay. Um, That was one initial recommendation and that's since since been changed. Okay. Um, But certainly um, we are seeing a lot of respiratory viruses even now, which is unusual for what we would typically see in Colorado. 
So that makes us think um, that flu is on its way. We are seeing some smatterings of it throughout the country, nothing that's sustained yet, um, but certainly are encouraging our patients to get immunized against the flu as soon as possible to help prevent that disease process in addition to having COVID because there is some concern that co-infection, so infection with both COVID and flu might actually make somebody a lot more sick than even having one of those alone. And for me, it seems like this is a situation that is similar to a flu shot in this age category because it's it's kind of like, well, my child most likely will not die from COVID-19, so why, or my child most likely won't die from the flu, but why should I get them the flu shot? So the reasons typically being, you know, to protect others in our community because it's an inconvenience to get the flu. You don't want to be home for two weeks from school or work. Um, so some of that same rationale applies now, doesn't it, Deanne? All of those are wonderful reasons to be protected. Vaccines offer us the opportunity right now to protect children both from COVID and from flu. And as long as there's flu circulating in the community, it is always a good idea to get that flu shot. So um, I know we started offering those in October, but if you haven't received it yet, there's still time. Uh, flu season peaks later in the year, so we don't want people to delay that. And yes, it offers that individual protection, but then there's also the idea of community Community. There will be individuals in our community that are not yet vaccine eligible or perhaps are not eligible for vaccine. And the more of us who are eligible, who take that opportunity to be protected, the more we're supporting the overall health of our community. And I think that's an important component of vaccinations as well. And I want to go back to one thing you said about the teenage age group, um, where we do have that to look at for um, data, because I know... Um, you know, myself personally, I was a little nervous to be, I don't know how else to say it other than to be first in line, you know, when it came out for younger, for kids, you know, and a lot of people say, I'd want to see what happens. Well, we do have that body of evidence, right, to support what it happened, what happens in 12 and up and um, that there are millions of vaccinated youth out there now. Because um, I think there could be some people who say, oh, but they're so little and it's different and I, you know, I'm nervous. I want to wait and see. Do you anticipate that, Sarah, happening where people are um, maybe not hesitant to get it at all, but just hesitant to get it right away? Certainly, I think that there is a, there is a group of, of people that, that may be wanting to wait to kind of see where that initial cohort um, goes. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that that's something that we would expect for any any launch of, of a vaccine. Of a vaccine, right. I think that one of the other things to, to remember that was because we have these um, amazing data and these so many people that have been vaccinated in these other age groups, um, even for the, the age group above, so the 12 to, to 16 years, years old, 12 to 15 years old, um, we are seeing a dramatic decrease in the amount of hospitalizations in vaccinated kids who, um, uh, who vaccinated kids who are uh, not, not being hospitalized when they have COVID. Okay. Um, so um, I think that that's something for parents to remember too. I, I, I think that that's one of the biggest benefits that we would, we would be seeing as well. Okay. Thank you so much. And then um, just Deanne, any last words about best place to, to look up where, you know, where do I go? How do I sign my kiddo up? So there's um, vaccine appointments available in our community right now. Okay. You can go to elpasocountyhealth.org. You'll find vaccine providers in our community, as well as uh, links to sign up for some of our clinic offerings that are occurring over the weekend. Uh, we still have some uh, appointments available. And um, 
We just encourage people to look for those opportunities, sign up. If you have a preference on where you want to receive your vaccine, um, call and, and try to schedule now. And even if the appointments are full, you can be put on wait lists. You can look for other providers in the community who are offering vaccine. We anticipate that um, we'll have a steady supply of vaccine coming into our community. So uh, there's many opportunities. They can find that information on our website and just encourage people to make those appointments, make those plans now so that your children can be protected. Okay, that's great. And um you know, you mentioned the website and also El Paso County Health is on social media. So if that's where you frequently get your news or updates or you find yourself on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram a lot, please follow El Paso County Health and then also City of COS. Um, we'll plug ourselves too because we share that information as well. And that's a good place um, to get some of those links and information and reliable sources. So thank you both for sharing this. I appreciate your time. And it sounds like overall optimism, right? Yes. Hopefully. Excitement. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sure that's how you feel as a pediatrician. Yeah. Are you are you getting some good feedback from people so far in terms of hearing the excitement in the community? I guess you'd hear it a little bit more, but Yes, certainly we we um, do hear from a lot of our, our families that they're very excited that this age group is eligible um, at this point. They're ready to go. Yes. Right. And I think an indication of that is how quickly some of these vaccination offerings have filled already. Oh, some good. of our offerings are already full. I know Children's is also scheduling um, vaccination efforts and many of their appointments have filled as well. So I think that's the indication as well of how excited the community is and uh, ready to have their children protected. That's right. And if you aren't excited and you're still Feeling hesitant, we hope we answered some of your questions today. Um, and if not, you can go online and, and, you know, go to those trusted resources and get some additional information as well. Thank you both for your time and all the work you're doing in our community. Really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening to Behind the Springs. And hopefully we'll see you for the next episode. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.